Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. Morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Wow, I had, a, I had a yawn come right at some, that was un, some unfortunate timing, just right as the mic turned on. I was not going to wait. I'm fine. You know, I'm, I don't know. It doesn't mean I'm sleepy or not ready to go. It just it just hit right there. It needed to happen. And I didn't get like a good one in, and so I still kind of feel the need to do yeah. it, but it's I can't. You ever, you ever get in that spot with a Sometimes yawn? Sometimes you just got to yawn directly into a microphone, Kellen. Crap, you just caught me in the middle of one again. <laughs> Quit ruining my yawns. I need, oh my gosh, there's nothing uh, There's nothing I need right now than a more just one deep, satisfying yawn. Just hold it. Just a minute, I'll tell you oh the, the dad joke. and uh. That'll, uh, <laughs> I wish there was oh, a video man. of this. Okay, I think that was what I needed. <laughs> I'll take a sip of coffee. and. Okay. Wow, you hit me with that one. There we go. What, did I just pass it to you? Yeah. <laughs> so, so the whole time you're is, doing that, I'm leaning away from the mic. Isn't the, isn't the contagiousness of yawns weird? It's, or whatever it is. <laughs> the brain thinking it also needs one. Or if you just have a ruined one, you've got you've to gotta keep going until you get to get one in, get a good one in. I don't know. Whatever. I'm good now. All right. Are you, are you good, Mark? Do you need, you need anything? No, I don't. I'm fine. You're fine? <laughs> right. Good. Uh, we're at uh, 46 degrees in the capital city starting out your Tuesday morning, September 27th, 2022. Uh, today on the show, Fantasy Huskers keywords at 635 and 810. Joe Jordan, News Channel Nebraska, is going to join us. Jason Ball, Lincoln Chamber of Commerce. John Baylor, the voice of Nebraska football, are among our guests today. And of course, John Baylor, the voice of Nebraska football. V- d- volleyball. Did I say football? I'm sorry. V- v- Nebraska volleyball. He's not the voice. I mean, there's been a lot of changes I've, I, in the football. No, program. I've got the voice of football on on Thursday, and so okay. Uh, Greg Sharp's I, listening right now, going, "What? What? <laughs> I knew a new management company was coming in. But <laughs> Do this, you guys know something? This was not. This was not in my plans here. Uh, immediately, hey, welcome in Indiana, Nebraska. <laughs> Call the grandkids. Call the grandkids. Nebraska events gets a turnover. Hey. <laughs> Greg Sharp doing volleyball now. <laughs> I do, like I said, I do wonder if anybody actually called the grandkids on on Saturday <laughs> night. I mean, it was like ten thirty. Your grandkids would probably have to get out of bed at that point. And maybe know, they live on the West Coast. They're all that's true. But they're already half asleep. I just wonder if they're going to be as excited that you are as you are about the result of that that five game ad. But I'd, I'd like to know if anybody's ever taken them up on on uh, that sort of advice. Uh, all right, so that's what we got going on today. Of course, your morning drive also brought to you by Stonebridge Insurance and Wealth Management, your sound off, uh, everything that get you need to uh, get you ready, get you informed, and have some fun here on your morning routine, during your morning routine. Uh, all right, where, uh, hey, I see the, uh, the LPS uh, school board got together yesterday looking at a new, looking at a new budget, and did you see this? They might be knocking down their property tax levy on this whole thing. Hmm? It's possible. Uh, valuations came in. Uh, there was a fairly, uh, I don't, don't want to say sizable, but there was an increase in valuations. And, uh, new construction all added to that. So the the amount of money coming in would be higher, but uh, 
you know, in total, in aggregate total. Yeah. But uh, a little less uh, on right. the mill levy. Well, and that was in the, I think that was in the city's budget too, right? And and then there was conversation about, well, it's not just the rate, it's the valuation times the rate, obviously, and and that factors in. It was, it was interesting, interesting to see that. Um, uh, among the things that were discussed in uh, in this were a lot of the you know kind of the standard stuff that you talk about right now when you deal with budgets and that that's making sure all the kids the the devices that that the kids are using regularly now kids all have, for those who don't have kids in school uh, you, the kids all have Chromebooks that they use and uh, depending on their age some of them take them home every night others will leave them at school every day. Uh, other devices, so uh, that that's certainly part of it. You've got to, I mean, you you've got to continue to address hiring issues that exist. What did I see? On another note, I saw LFR is now saying they are they are at the point where the, it's concerning how few applications that they're getting uh, to to be a firefighter in the city of Lincoln, and so that trend continues uh, in different in different industries as well and then back to the schools and and uh it sounds like they're uh the the other plan on this would be to add some additional sports uh that would actually be sanctioned uh sports high school sports including boys and girls bowling mm-hmm. and girls wrestling that would be included there have been some um there have been some competitions in those among some of the schools in town but that would make it a sport at every single one of the uh of the schools so at the high uh, schools some, correct at the high schools yep at the at the high school level I'm kind of bummed they didn't have bowling when i was uh yeah when i was in high school i i feel like i i i feel like i've tried to encourage my daughter of this because you know the competition in volleyball in this state obviously is very significant mm-hmm. it's 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 going to be difficult to jump into the the elite volleyball world in the state of nebraska and earn yourself a college scholarship uh even even though my daughter has does have she's got very good size she, you know that we're she keeps sprouting up height wise you know maybe there maybe we will get uh john cook's interest there well it's not it's, i mean here in the state of nebraska it's not just nebraska or creighton at division one there's three ranked in the right. top 10 in division two there's, right uh, three in the top fifteen in NAIA. Right, but there's also a part of me that that wonders, like, what if at I don't know, say, my, well, my, my my daughter's age, age twelve, mm-hmm. you decide, all right, and this would be maybe a weird thing to do, but I always think about it. All right, you're honing in on bowling, okay? Mission to get a scholarship at the University of Nebraska in bowling. Your life is now going this direction. on uh, on uh, on a t- like. How hard would it be, not to take anything away from uh, the the young women who are on that team? They obviously have gotten very good at Nebraska's had a very successful program. How hard would it, uh, just because there are fewer people playing the sport, would it be to just, if you determine to practice and get really good at it, to get yourself in line for a scholarship for something like bowling? I always kind of wonder that. I always kind of wonder that. And uh, you know, just just start a regimen at the alley every single night. <laughs> I want to go. I want to go get one of my kids. Get one of my kids, and and every night I hang out at the alley. I order me order me a, a you know, I go over to Parkway, order me myself a nice greasy cheeseburger right off they the so good, the man. flat top griddle. Get myself a beverage. Uh, put something on the jukebox. I don't think they still have a jukebox. They should. You know, have a light up a cigarette. No, I'm just kidding. So they don't do the, that anymore either. Here's the thing. Because of 
the fact that this is a powerhouse program at Nebraska where it's you're competing for national titles. Zero. Zero members of the roster are from Nebraska. Zero from Nebraska. It's time to change that. I mean, I'm sure there have been at some point, just not right uh, now in the current roster. New York, Texas, Wisconsin, New Jersey, Florida, Michigan, Hawaii, Ohio, Virginia, Illinois. It's time to bring the local kids back to the bowling program. It's time to, next national championship, I want to have a good core of Nebraska kids there. LPS hopefully taking the first step toward that today. And it's, it's also, Make it happen, Paul. It's also a very quiet sport. <laughs> what do you mean? Well, you can hear a pin drop. <laughs> oh, wow. I just worked it in there. Sometimes so, 10. Yeah. Uh, so so we've uh, we've got that. Um, boy, unfortunately, Mark, here, this again, it feels like every day we're waiting for some kind of a, a victim or a suspect to be identified for uh, something and uh yeah. we've got that as you mentioned in the newscast they arrest yesterday morning uh joshua uh jahastra fletcher uh, arrested for the murder of robert brannon that was the one 19th and oh early sunday morning uh sounded like it was uh they, they had video evidence and they found him he was taken into custody without uh incident charged with first degree murder I legit can't even keep track of all the which one was which and when now and where it happened, uh, which is not something that you want to be saying ideally. Um, but it's just it's just been so frequent, at least for where we've been and and what Lincoln has seen over the years, over the course of the last few months. It's um, yeah, it's 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 just been a lot. And then and then I'm uh, I'm kind of I don't know fascinated is the word, but I'm I'm curious how. The guy was going to pull this off. The guy who was going to go steal motorcycles from the Harley Davidson yeah, shop. You know, that, how, like how? What was your? What exactly was your plan on that? Yeah. Like what was the perfect pulling off of that? Like Ocean's Eleven style plan exactly? Yeah, must have you know had a trailer. Well, you, oh yeah, you got it. I guess you got a trailer, but still, I feel like that's that's hard to do without making. Yeah. Pretty, uh, they've obviously got some kind of security system there. Oh yeah, without they, triggering the absolute crap out of that thing. But it's it's interesting to you know we had a, a kind of a classic motorcycle stolen what two three weeks ago, and it was actually being dismantled to be sold for parts. So you know I don't know whether this is one of those things. Although these were two brand new. Well, you can uh, do buy a new Harley and sell it for parts. That doesn't seem that doesn't seem like a wise yeah. investment of your stolen motorcycle. Well, yeah, but if you uh, if you get it to dismantled, it's a lot harder to uh, to track. So. Yeah, I suppose so. I suppose so. I just I just ride it around. I cruise around the neighborhood at about five miles an hour. If I ever if I ever ride a motorcycle, that's what I want to want it to be is just cruising around the neighborhood. Just uh, no a, no arterial street, just my neighbor. Kind of the similarly to how I drive a golf cart cart if I own one. Well, then you don't need a, a Harley or a, a Honda Goldwing if you're just going to tool around the neighborhood. You need like a uh, Vespa. Uh, and I also want it to be very comfortable, the seat. Vespa. I need this. A Vespa. That uh, Would I even fit on a Vespa? Mm, uh, yeah. But, uh, my uh, friend from the Lincoln Symphony who comes on the show very frequently, she was on my last podcast, Barbara Zockley. She used to drive a Vespa around town. You like always saw her driving her, her Vespa around town. You need one of the. I don't uh, think I could pull off a Vespa. The Shriner three wheelers. Oh, the triscats. <laughs> yeah. No, but I mean, uh, this is you know I've been I've been pulling for this for my uh, palatial vacation home in Beatrice for a long time. When we went down to Florida or uh, to uh, Texas for spring break, everybody in the condos where we stayed, they all had golf carts. 
And I'm, I'm telling you, it's kind of a nice life to live. The, well, old, the old golf cart in his electric. It was not to be too pro environment, but it was the one we had was electric, so we just had to charge it. And then it was ready, but we wanted to drive down to the beach. We wanted to drive to the, uh, the little sundry store. We wanted to just go for a nice sunset drive. It was it was kind of nice. I could get used to the owning a golf cart life in my neighborhood. I don't know if that's legal. I'm not sure if that's legal. Can I pit her around on the on the streets in a, a golf know. cart in Lincoln? Why don't you ask Officer Chad tomorrow? I will. I will ask that. Yeah, I think uh, I think I'd be interested. And of course, in, that in Texas and Florida, there uh, obviously you don't need snow tires on them. So that's true. But you get a lot could more I? Use, uh, but here's a good question: uh, Does that thing have enough power that if I put a blade on the front of it, I do not need to get my snowmobiler my snowblower fixed? My snowmobiler. My snowmobiler. <laughs> can you put a blade on the front of a golf, the golf Wait, cart? On the golf cart. So when we went up fishing to Minnesota, there were these. These places that you could switch out the tires on vehicles, and they would put the the tracks right, which was just awesome to see that on a Prius on a corner. <laughs> could you do that with a golf cart? Sure, you can do anything if you want. Do anything you want. You can customize that thing. You can put a nice stereo system put in. Ba- basically, a snowmobile, but it's just a golf cart. Listen, we got. I, I, I think we just created a business. I would certainly make that a gas powered one, though. If you're going to be in snow, you your think so? Not, you don't think my battery, my my golf cart, my electric, but wouldn't hold up to the blade and the the snowmobile <laughs> no, modification? No, uh, especially since you would want heated seats and the speaker system. You're probably putting. By the way, in. you know we are getting crushed with snow this year. By the way, yep. right? Everybody just acknowledges that. Yep. I mean, we're talking. We're I'm talking. Never, I'm never going to argue weather with you. You're always. Right. Thank you. Finally. <laughs> But uh, hey, I I am just soaking in what we've got right now. Weatherwise, we're getting close to some. I mean, I could take it a few degrees cooler, but we're getting close to some perfect days. Let's let this last a long time. That's all I ask. Thursday is going to be a top fourteen day. Seventy eight. Well, tomorrow's seventy two. Thursday seventy eight. Today's eighty. By the way, and then we're in the eighties for the whole weekend. Low eighties though. Um. Yeah. Right in that. Right. Right in that sweet spot. A high. A high of about you know seventy two, seventy three, seventy four is good with me. That football game doesn't look like it's going to be bad on Saturday, Saturday night. That'll be delicious. Actually, that's going to be the draft is going to be interesting on Saturday because by the time that you get to I don't, I don't know nine nine thirty, oh, it could be even though you got a high of eighty four. Got a little jacket God. weather. This is uh, this is the Midwest favorite hoodies and shorts weather. Oh, it's beautiful. Midwest loves it. We can't get enough of that stuff. By the way, did you see the little weather uh, tip that I put up there on the beginning of the show sheet? Uh, I actually did. Uh, believe it or not, I actually did look at this today, but I can't uh, remember is, what it is. This is oh, the first time. Uh, oh, uh, frost. Yeah. And we're not talking about the coach. Yes. Possibility. There was a lot of eye contact when you said that. <laughs> Frost uh, possible tonight, northeast Nebraska. Oh, not us? Okay. Mm. I'm not too worried about that then. Lame. It's all right. But it's the first time I've seen it in the 40s. You know, I, I uh, yeah. so we kind of let our lawn go dormant, you know, no sprinkler system, that sort of thing. Um, so I yeah, really, you've got a sprinkler system. It's got four legs and gets you up at night. Yeah, that's true. So <laughs> I haven't mowed, really mowed for like a month. Because it's pretty much dormant completely. Although there are weird, healthy areas of the grass, but they're just in clumps. 
which is which is a little bizarre. I don't know how exactly they've they've gotten watered just exactly. On to life. I don't know what it is. And so my version of mowing on Sunday was just taking my uh, my weed eater, my weed whacker, and just going through and just knocking down the clumps where it was healthy. That was it. Only took about ten minutes, fifteen minutes, maybe not not even that probably. And it was the quickest. I I don't know. I I probably have to do once over with the leaves. And I think I retired my mower this year in August. This is a, this is just some just a bizarre weather year. I didn't need it. I barely needed any. I felt like the I felt like I only mowed like eight nine times this whole summer. I know that's not actually right, uh, but it just it feels like we missed a mowing season. We missed a snow blowing season last year. Not a great not a great calendar weather year for people in the small engines industry. Which is why they probably need to start selling golf carts. Probably. Gas-powered ones. Yes. Well, whatever. Whatever people want. All right. Uh, That was a weird first segment. Anyway, we will grab a break right now. It is is 625. Caleb's got sports coming up. By the way, did you hear about the new uh, broom that's on the market? No, I I haven't. Yeah, it's uh, really something. It's sweeping the nation. 625. We'll take a break. It is uh, time for sports. Got the sound off and a keyword coming up for Fantasy Huskers as well. About 10 minutes from right now. This is Alan K today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Save big money now on new siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre finished engineered siding. It's durable and includes a Sherwin-Williams factory finish paint warranty. That means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP Smart Side today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at Menards. A look at news from both inside and outside of Lincoln. And conversation on how that news affects us here. It's time for the Sound Off on LNK Today. But first, your fantasy Huskers keyword for a chance at a $100 prize pack from Valentino's at Alumni Hall. Every week we have a fantasy draft before a college football Saturday to make things, shall we say, a little more interesting. And we are doing that this week. This one, uh, you know, it, it may not take long before we know who our winner is. Because it will just depend on when the first points are scored. We're asking you to guess with Fantasy Huskers this week when the first points of the game will be scored between Nebraska and Indiana. So you give us a quarter and you give us a time remaining on the clock when you think those will hit. I didn't ever hear our second pick yesterday, so give us both of them. Uh, so Shane said second quarter 11-11. Steve said first quarter 11-32. Yeah, there's the range that I'd be thinking of. I'm, I'm with Steve on... Uh, on this one. Well, if you want to be the third picker, here's what you need to do. Text in the keyword Kale is about to give you to the Rick Stein Recognition text line at 402-479-1400. That keyword, Caleb, is... Defense. Defense. D-E-F-E-N-S-E. I'm really scared. I- I'm hoping I can go through the whole season spelling these right when you uh, when you tell them to me without <laughs> anything to look at. But I think I can handle that one. Not the, not, that. It's not the British version of the no. spelling. That would be C-E. We're going to go for the American version because we're in America. Correct. D-E-F-E-N-S-E. D-E-F-E-N-S-E. 
E-N-S-E. And if you text that in, you may be the person who is selected to make pick number three. If you don't win that, listen again at 8.10. Listen every day, frankly, at 6.35 and 8.10. And I bet you're going to find yourself with some picks at some point, maybe multiple during the football season. And if you get the closest to our question, uh, you're going to get that prize package, $50 to Valentino's, $50 to Alumni Hall. And, yeah, another week of Fantasy Huskers rolls on. Big thanks to Valentino's and Alumni Hall for uh, for being our sponsors for this and getting these prizes for us. Get people the pizza and the gear that they so desperately need. All right, let's jump in to our sound off today. Uh, all right, uh, doing what we usually do. We're getting, uh, let's see, do I have politics that we need to do here? Eh. Kind of? No, not really. I mean, we got, like, uh, world news, which is not necessarily straight political. Like, uh, well, here, we'll start with the Russia-Ukraine thing. So uh, Putin's basically, like, starting a draft now at this point. Mm -hmm. So it it turns out when you get into an international conflict that you think is going to be over in a few days and it lags on for six months, you start needing backups. Uh, your military starts getting worn thin, and they are finding that that is the case in Russia, and so they are looking for uh, you know people that you did not really expect to be on the front line. But it's having some blowback in the country. Russian troops have lost more than seventeen thousand square miles of territory they captured since the end of March. Suffering heavy battlefield losses, Russian President Vladimir Putin is forcing more untrained soldiers into the fight under his new partial mobilization orders. Though with low morale and experience, these men are expected to be used as cannon fodder. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky encouraging the new soldiers this weekend to flee, surrender or die. In occupied areas of Ukraine, voting is still underway on a sham referendum about joining Russia. That polling is expected to finish by tomorrow. I would never uh, claim to be some kind of an expert on what the the political climate, the climate about the war is right now mm-hmm. in within the country of Russia. But you do wonder, people who are smarter than me have, have written about this possibility. Are you getting closer and closer to the possibility of some sort of faction in Russia saying, you know what? we've we've had enough with the way that Putin is running this thing. It's time for us to make a change in leadership where you would essentially have a, a coup within the country of Russia. I, like, I think that's now I, I'm not I'm not saying it's likely, but that's now at least on the table. Right. I think with the way that you're hearing, especially the reaction to the last 48, 72 hours of news within within Russia, like at, at some point. I mean, you've got to have you've got to have a pretty tight grip on your your people and anyone else who is uh, somebody who's potentially powerful below the ultimate leader in in Russia. And I wonder how much that's weakening as this thing goes on and on and on. And you've got more and more people who are losing loved ones who maybe are not even prepared to really be out there on the uh on the battlefield as well so yeah some i I think some real domestic pressure coming into the kremlin right now uh all right i hope you didn't look at your 401k yesterday um don't look just 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 stop just stop (laughs) looking at it for a while stock market had another bad day 
but what? How indicative is that of of the economy, or is that kind of just a, a, a separate measure? They shouldn't necessarily be one and the same. The White House says it does not view what happens on Wall Street as the main indicator about how the U.S. economy is faring overall. But there's some new polling which suggests Americans are worried about their 401ks, their investments, and their savings. ABC Washington Post finding that 74 percent of registered voters believe the state of the economy is not so good or poor. That's up sharply from about five months ago. The president's own job approval number is not looking much better, with only 39 percent of voters approving of his performance, 53 percent disapproving. Now, the president is expected to speak about the economy today. He's got an event later in the afternoon focused on increasing competition in the marketplace. Hey, listen, whether or not it's a harbinger for what is happening with the economy or not, the the markets being so down still sucks either way. Yeah. Um if you're like I said, if you are somebody who's and and hopefully if you're older and closer to retirement age, you've got yourself in enough uh, conservative investments that you don't have quite the impact that say somebody who's in their their 40s or their 30s might have with that. But like even at looking at my you know, we we've set up the the nest funds for my kids, which is the college savings plans, and mm-hmm. just even look at the performance of some of those. That's a lot more of a short term invents investment than a four hundred one k. Just looking at some of those, I'm like, oh man, oh <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, it's it, you've you've almost had to have gotten so conservative with some of the investments to avoid the risks that you've had right now. That there's, I mean, the 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 income potential is completely capped. Uh, on on the whole thing, at least for the time being. Um, did you watch the spaceship slam into the asteroid last night? The dart. Did you watch the yeah. dart? I did. I did too. I luckily had a, a a reminder set on my phone, and it worked just as planned. Was it both exciting and disappointing for you too? <laughs> I would. I mean, what I uh, of course the thing that you want to see when that happens is the moment of impact, right? Right. That's what I mean. That's what sells the tickets. For this thing. Now, I will say, given that it's, what, 7 million miles away or whatever it is, <laughs> yeah. to have, like, the granular detail, being able to see, like, individual, I don't know if they were boulders All or the stones, rocks and stuff, yeah. to be able to see that on an asteroid, like, that was pretty cool. I don't know why in my head, probably because just the way that it's talked about being this kind of... It, it's it's very Hollywood. It's very movie like. Did you think there was going to be a separate cameraman? Like side by side <laughs> rocket with a camera. You were like, thinking of like, like the, I, the sky cam for an NFL game that goes why, on the. I don't know why in my head I thought that because then all of a sudden it's like, oh, cool, it's getting closer. It's getting closer. And then I'm thinking, okay, go to the other camera. Right. And it smashes and you lose connection. I'm like, well, that, that's kind of disappointing. Yeah, I mean, I'm not telling NASA how to run their their show, but uh, another angle for the actual moment of impact. I mean, would how have been many nice. billions of dollars you put into this? Send another rocket. That's in, it's incredible that they can relay that that video. Yeah. However, they they're doing it. Yet sometimes on like on South Street in Lincoln, yet there's no good cell signal anywhere all the way uh, east and west through the entire city. Well, I don't know what's happening on South Street. With T-Mobile. Well, if they, any of you have T-Mobile, can explain that to me. They sent that signal all of those miles away back, and we could see everything coming in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But it looks like 8-bit on a Game Boy when trying to see a volleyball replay at the Devaney Center. <laughs> I haven't been to a game at Devaney since last year, so I don't, I can't remember. Well, just, I didn't just, even notice just it. Anything, and even watching on like 
Big Ten Network or to even Nebraska Public Media. When you go, to, oh, I see what you mean. When they when they have to slow it down to see yeah. if there was a touch when or they something slow it like down, that. It's like, guys, I know we've got the better ball cameras. is just like a blur, a big streak of a blur. Yeah. <laughs> so, it was uh, it was exciting though because of all of the the math and the science and everything that went into it, and then to see all the people in the control room for it, just yeah. going ballistic. Yeah, that was cool. Uh, yeah, and the, the actually the. Uh, I only caught about like ten minutes of it before it hit un- up, up to when it hit, but I actually thought like the the play by play people or whatever that they got were pretty uh-huh. good too. They were, I mean, they well, were they were sufficiently into it yeah, and, and experts, but entertaining. And as they well. kept watching it while talking about it. And the best line, I the best line from one of the guys was, "Yeah, it's just as good the second and third time too." And I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, it is, buddy. Yeah, it is." Wouldn't it have been amazing? Because you saw this, like I said, this detail on this asteroid when it got close. It was like a really good, clear shot. You could see individual rock mm-hmm. structures and those. So, wouldn't have been crazy if there had been some kind of a a being that you would have seen. <laughs> oh, you start getting close. You, like, it's, it's someone like they just sit up, smile. They're like, "Oh, I'm rescued." Like, right, Wait a minute. Why right, am I going this like, way? Like, do do they pull the e brake on if they see a little alien there that they're about to crunch? Oh, can you do that? I mean, that, that would have been an interesting... It's, it's luckily, we don't have to deal with it today. I didn't even play the clip. I better play the clip. The DART <laughs> spacecraft plowed into a harmless asteroid all, 7 yeah, million did. miles away at 14,000 miles an hour. Scientists say the impact should have carved out a crater and hurled streams of rock and dirt into space. But more importantly, they hope the collision altered the asteroid's orbit. But it apparently knocked out DART's radio signal, so it could be days or weeks before we know if this $325 million mission was a galactic grand slam or a bust. Kathleen Maloney, Fox News. Just crashing a fancy... Here's a dumb question. What happens to the uh, to the dart itself? Is it just now floating around space? It's just there. Just junk. Is it just space junk now? Is that littering in space? Well, what they said was because it knocked out the, the the communication part of it, should have sent a separate rocket with a side by side camera view. Yep. Next time. Uh, next time. All right. Uh, what else do we have? Uh, all right. Let's get to some. Let's get to some other stuff. Uh, oh, by the way, the this uh, you tracking this hurricane at all? Yikes! Do- doesn't look good for a couple of couple of places. That um, I, nice vacation. Some of my favorite destinations that I went on vacation with uh, Tampa and and Clearwater and and some of those Gulf Coast areas as well. Yeah, but it looks like the next couple of days you're going to be making landfall, and they are getting some people out of there. There are many communities along the Gulf Coast which will certainly take on water once Hurricane Ian pushes the seawater forward, and people are being told to get out. To include any low lying areas prone to flooding, all mobile and manual. Timothy Dudley is the emergency manager for the Tampa area. Further south in Anna Maria Island, homeowners spent Monday covering windows before leaving. The storm is coming right at us, 100 plus miles an hour. Probably a good time to board up. In Tampa, Evan Brown, Fox News. Yeah. Um, so if you if you take a look at some of the latest uh, the latest maps, the latest paths, I actually pulled up here a. Uh, one of the local news channels, and they've got a map posted. They've got some some different looks at this, but right now they've got the um, uh, they've got the impact hitting landfall uh, Thursday. Let's see if I can read this. Okay, it's a tiny. Yeah, 
th- Thursday at 2 a.m. is uh, where they've got it, 120 miles an hour, and it's right on that uh, western Gulf Coast, kind of, you know, right about halfway down, just to give you an idea of, of where they're talking about now, the primary landfall of uh, of that storm right now, and then into central Florida after that as it dies down more after that. So, yeah, it looks like this is going to be a significant one uh, Thursday night into Friday, Friday during the day as well. So, yeah, hopefully hopefully everybody stays safe down there. Some Some nice areas to visit as well. Uh, all right, what else do we need to uh, get to? Oh, yeah, Amazon Prime. Did you see this? So Amazon Prime uh, apparently has so much success with their Amazon Prime Day when they mm-hmm. do all these these sales. It's and a holiday. It's, uh, you know, I'm still not totally convinced that it's any different than any regular day on Amazon where, you, you know, where you just look for there's some deals out there. Yeah, you just look and it's see just what you can that find. It's just kind of a big marketing thing. That's I'm, I'm probably not totally right on that, but I think there's at least some some truth to that. But they're doing another one, but they're not calling it Amazon Prime Day. But y- y- you get the idea. It's a fall version. Amazon has never done two Prime Day-like events in one year, but it will this October. Looking at the 11th and 12th for the global event, which will offer hundreds of thousands of members-only deals across a range of categories, from its own devices to home, fashion, toys, and more. Some analysts see it as recognition from Amazon that it needs to provide more deals to inflation-battered consumers. The move playing into the trend of major retail announcing holiday sales well ahead of Black Friday. Lillian Wu, Fox News. So two things on this. One, just like she mentioned, you hit the holiday season before the holiday season. You beat out, yeah, you beat out the Walmarts of the world with their huge Black Friday deals, which that's a good point. So you get that. And then the other part of it is because they're doing it opposite their Prime Day, this would be the, the same thing as anyone who does Christmas in July stuff. Yeah. You know, that... I don't can't think of any local businesses that have done anything nope, like that. None. I can't can't think of any branding that I can remember. Huh? Just Some, nothing. Something. You would think be out you would have heard something over the last thirty to forty years. You guys should text us if you guys that. have heard. If of you guys know of any of those, that'd be great <laughs> to let us know. No, yeah, you're right. It, it uh, that that will be fast and complete complete i'm not i'm not getting paid for anything like this but if they do they what they tend to do on these is they put the actual amazon devices are the best deals on that thing mm-hmm. so if you're looking you know smart speakers yep. or or kindles or kids tablets or or those sorts of things i will tell you this i love if you're if you can get over uh you know the the thought that uh amazon jeff bezos is tracking you everywhere you go you can get over that part, which may be a big hurdle for you, I admit. <laughs> but you can get over that. The the Echo Autos are awesome. I I love I love mine. You can listen to KLIN on it. Mm-hmm. You can just tell it, it, it the skill works. You, I you, I just say listen to um, KLIN and tell the Echo to listen to KLIN. You can do that with a whole bunch of other services, um, other radio stations, our radio stations here in the building. It's cool. It's we cool. Hands free. Uh, I love it. On the last Prime Day, we grabbed a uh, an Echo Show. Oh, do you like that? I do. Do do you use it for yeah. like what do you use the so, video for? So the video because it's it's right like, outside. Do you of watch our, TV on it? No, like I'll pull up some like I'll pull up YouTube or something if I'm just like quick. I need to distract Millie for something. Mm-hmm. But because it's so close to our kitchen, I was like, ah, I forgot how to do this thing in the kitchen, and I just ask Alexa 
pulls it up for me. Like, will it put res- like recipe type things on yeah. there? Now, that would be good. Okay, I could see that. Because I always have one. That's, so besides just playing, using it as what we use for any of our other um, Alexas, and, and sorry to everyone that I keep saying that over yeah, there. Yeah, just keep, keep turning them on. <laughs> um, just say Echoes. Echoes. Well, yeah. so you can... Some people, one of the names right. That, yeah, that's true. Uh, I have one of my set. So mostly we play music from it, obviously. Yeah. I... Uh, I have such a dumb recipe. You know, a lot of our um, generally mothers and grandmothers had these extensive recipe, like uh, like sort of like cards and stuff yes. in a box or like the old church book. I loved those. With the church book that was earmarked. You got those. I've got such a – my mother's grandmothers would all be embarrassed. All I do is I find a recipe I like. I email myself it, and then I search my email for the thing I'm trying to find <laughs> that then has a link. Yeah. And that goes to the link. And then I got to scroll through all the stupid pros that they put before a recipe <laughs> so I can right. get down to the actual recipe. Let I don't me tell need you to why hear. my family I do not this. need to hear you write it. Give me the dang recipe. Put that thing on top. Uh, all right. Do we need to go? Is that it? Or do you want to do one more? No, you can do one more. Uh, let's see. We'll do We'll do this one. Um, a great deal. You know, Caleb, I know you're in the market for a home. A lot of people are, and they're worried they just haven't been able to find the right thing because of this market. Well, guess what? I think all your hopes and dreams just came true. The former mansion of Colonel Sanders in Shelbysville, Kentucky, was put up for sale in June, along with a 25,000-foot dining hall he opened later in life with his wife, Claudia, the Claudia Sanders Dinner House, and its trademark likeness memorabilia on the property. The New York Post reports some buyers want to franchise the restaurant using the Sanders name. That's angering KFC's parent company, who promptly issued new trademark filings. Any prospective buyers would likely face a, quote, uphill and expensive legal battle According to the report, KFC and the Dinner House have coexisted largely because the Sanders and the current owners never aggressively promoted the brand. Giangelosi, Fox News. Okay. Do you think somewhere there's like a little note card, speaking of recipes, <laughs> with the secret herbs and with spices the herbs and mix? Spices? Yeah. I mean, I think it's worth the mansion just to f- search through the floorboards and the like. Oh, for sure. Trying to find if that, if, if the Colonel. So you got all. The Colonel with his wee beady eyes. <laughs> So you got all caught up on Stranger Things, right? Yeah. Because I'm constantly searching Zillow and Redfin yeah. and all these. On Zillow, they have the house from Stranger Things. The one that the that she put the lights up in, in stuff? Yeah. That one? Really? Yeah. And it, it, it's yeah. got a few acres there with it and everything. Oh, really? Yeah. What state is it in? Because um, what are they supposed to be in, Indiana? I, yeah, I think it was Indiana. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right, there you go. It's all there. It's all there. And that one, I think it was... Sorry, I'm taking the Colonel's Mansion. 300,000? I'm giving the Colonel's Mansion and the food hall or whatever. You want the food hall or do you want the upside down? Nah, I'm going to go with the food hall. Okay. Yeah. All right, 657. It's LNK Today with Jack. I'm going to have to sell the Beatrice place, though, in the golf oh, cart. No. It's LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLI. Save big money on your outdoor project now at Menards. We have everything you need to keep your outdoor power equipment running smooth so you can keep that lawn in tip-top shape or enjoy some time on your boat. Right now, all FVP, lawn and garden, and marine batteries are on sale through May 5th. Check out our entire selection of FVP batteries today. And view our weekly flyer on Menards.com for more great deals. Save big money at Menards. 
Yeah. All right, 710, welcome back to the show. Glad to have you back with us on this Tuesday morning. And uh, it is Tuesday. That means we talk to News Channel Nebraska's uh, Joe Jordan about Nebraska news and politics, the things he's been covering and reporting on News Channel Nebraska. Good morning, Joe. How are you doing today? Uh, it's, a, it's a good Tuesday, Jack. Yeah, it is good. I mean, I look, look, when you see a forecast, 10 days, yeah. it's all like 70s, maybe low 80s. This is... Uh, this is finally what I've been looking for weather-wise, so uh, I'm finally, I'm excited. It's fall. Here we are. Um, uh, l- let's talk uh, about uh, a couple of steps left before we uh, get to get to the midterm elections on, on the ballot initiatives. Uh, I understand that there are public hearings on those two uh, ballot initiatives we've been talking about for the last couple of weeks, voter ID and, and minimum wage. I guess just tell us a little bit for background what these are, what happens here, and if what kind of relevance they have to what what actually goes down on the midterm on the ballot and with the vote. Well, well, by by statute in, in Nebraska, uh, items that are on the ballot in these initiative situations, uh, the Secretary of State is required to hold public hearings in each of the three congressional districts. So, there's a, and he's now set the, the places and the, and the dates, and they're coming up in the next uh, ten days or so. One will be in North Platte uh, for the third congressional district. One will be uh, in Omaha for the second congressional district, and at the state capitol for the uh, first congressional district. Uh, they'll be they're kind of like all day hearings. One will go. I think voter ID is, is the first one. Uh, the, the daytime sort of like a one thirty to four o'clock and then in the evening will be the minimum wage uh discussions uh and it basically gives people a chance to to voice their their opinions uh my guess is we're going to hear from the uh, usual suspects on voter id pro and con uh I'm, I'm guessing uh senator slama will make appearances at some of those hearings if not all of them uh she's been the main proponent of voter id uh, backed obviously by, uh, by by Governor Ricketts, and as we've talked before, how Ricketts' mother basically funded uh, now over to the tune of nearly a million and a half dollars to get that on the ballot and get the signatures, and now get it on the ballot in, indeed. Uh, so I presume we're going to hear from from those folks, and then I presume we'll hear from the uh, uh, sort of the uh, civic uh, Nebraska groups that have, that have been complaining about voter ID for quite some time, saying it's uh, the state's looking for a solution to a problem that doesn't exist, that there is no uh, you know, vote fraud going on in Nebraska. So why is this necessary? And making the argument that it's going to make it harder for some people to to vote, uh, and that's really what that comes down to. On the minimum wage, uh, as we've discussed before, I don't know that there's going to be. It'll be, it'll be curious to me to see what the turnout is at some of these hearings on minimum wage because yeah. overwhelmingly, uh, I think the the, the public uh, has shown before. You know, I think it was uh, eight years ago. Now they, there was a vote, sixty forty, in favor of raising the minimum wage. This will be another one to to raise it a bit further over over time. Uh, and again, uh, those who oppose it don't. Uh, the public officials who oppose it don't make a big deal out of their opposition because they know that they're sort of you know swimming upstream with against the the public itself. So I think on minimum wage, we're probably not going to hear a lot. And I think, we, as we discussed last week, I think we're still waiting to see if those on, on the voter ID side, if the opponents of voter ID and the proponents will launch any type of major media campaign, basically meaning TV and radio ads, 
uh, here in the next five or six weeks. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, it'll be fascinating. Back to the on the minimum wage. I thought the exact same thing as you is. Does anyone and 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 who is it more specifically that has opposition on the minimum wage? Might it be you know small business owners or or something like that that isn't as much of an organized group that are mm-hmm. kind of the face of of who comes out against this because you're exactly right there just hasn't been sort of a, a, a fa- there aren't the usual suspects like you were talking about with with a voter id that that will be there or that have been there so far in the discussion but it it, it sounds like me is like the biggest the, the the biggest impact of these hearings is is almost a little bit of what you're talking about. It's just kind of seeing who is there and who is kind of going to be the the face and the loudest voices propo- uh, uh, being a proponent or an opponent of, of both of these things, both of these measures. Yeah, and in the end, I don't think the public hearings in and of themselves move votes. I think the only way you're going to move, if, for instance, if you're opposed to voter ID, you can you can bring a, I don't know, you could probably bring a couple hundred people to a public hearing, which would seem to be unlikely, to be honest with you, but you could bring a couple hundred people to, to a public hearing, they could all complain about it, but in the end, that doesn't really reach the mass audience, the voters you're trying to get a hold of, unless you can put together uh, a, a media campaign with ads on television and radio, making your case, you're probably not going to be able to make your case to the public and change and change any minds going forward and yeah. the indications have been that the, that the majority of nebraskans you know will vote in favor of, of voter id and then the legislature will try to put this thing together next year in terms of the, the bits and pieces and, and and cross the uh t's and dot, and dot the i's and what it means in the end uh but again the, the you know we i think we've all seen a variety of public hearings over time and and they only have they only have so much impact on the public Joe Jordan, News Channel Nebraska, joining us right now. I know you guys haven't been re- reporting on it to avoid conflict of interest, but the house race here that involves our listening area primarily mm-hmm. has gotten a little bit more steam with the debate last week. There's another one coming up this week. But but what I am interested in in is kind of your perspective, which we don't hear as much about, is the Don Bacon uh, Vargas race. What uh, I know, I know you did a little bit of reporting on that now, but give us kind of an update on on what that race is feeling like right there. There, what the expectations of, of how it goes and kind of where the rhetoric has been in this race so far? Well, it, it, I think it feels like what most people expect expected, which is that the, it feels like Bacon probably uh, has has the lead right now. Uh, how big it is, I wouldn't think it'd be more than, than, than three or four points. Uh, the Vargas campaign, the, the, both campaigns uh, themselves and their surrogates are, are on the air with uh, significant numbers of commercials and i and that, that number is only going to grow between now and election day so it's it's a it's a full-fledged race i i had reported a story last week and and you can kind of maybe set some some light on this in the in the first congressional uh mm-hmm. race but uh i asked uh state senator vargas uh if tomorrow you got a call from joe biden who said i want to come to omaha and campaign for you do, does he want him here? Because right now, you know, if you're the Republicans are trying to make Biden and, and Pelosi, so to speak, the, you know, the, the boogeyman in this in, in this race, that, that a vote for Vargas is a vote for for Biden and a vote for Biden is a vote for, you know, uh, inflation, uh, the border problems, uh, crime. That's the Republican mantra. Mm-hmm. So I, when I asked 
Vargas, if he if he wanted the the president to come to town, he, he never said no, but he never said yes. What? And I thought that really? was the most yes. I mean, that's kind of surprising. Like, I get what you're saying, but I'm still a little surprised he wouldn't just say yes. Well, and I think you say yes because first of all, it's unlikely that he's going to come. To be honest with you. Right. But secondly, but secondly, uh, it's, 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 I think that goes to shoring up your, your Democratic base. Now, the reason you don't say I want him to come is because then that soundbite probably shows up in, in quickly in a Republican ad says, "See, we told you he was, you know, Biden's buddy, and here he is, and he wants him to come to the Nebraska campaign for him." Uh, so he, you know, he's a little bit of damned if he does and damned if he doesn't uh, on the question and i understand that going in but i did want to hear him try to you know i did want to hear an answer mm-hmm. if he thought president biden coming to campaign for him or in any way shape or form would be helpful he tried to make the case that it's his own campaign and, that, and he's running his own campaign and that's a bit disingenuous in that the dccc the democratic congressional campaign committee which picks out you know 50 races around the country where they're going to go into those areas into those communities, they're going to back up the, the Democratic candidate for Congress. They're here for they're here on the ground in Omaha for Tony Vargas. So it's not like he's ignoring all outside help. Uh, he's taking right. outside help where he can get it when he wants it. But clearly, he their campaign obviously feels, or he obviously feels, I guess, that uh, that that he wants to have some distance between himself and and President Biden because this is a this is. You know, it's a purple district. I think it, it's more reddish purple than bluish purple over over the last twenty five years. Um, but it but it is doable for a Democrat to pull it off here. They just have to be very strategic, very careful, and in the end, really try to get you know that that vote out, uh, especially in the midterm where Republicans usually have a better turnout than Democrats do. That's Vargas's probably biggest challenge right now, <laughs> along with the redistricting, which puts Saunders County. Yeah. And, and 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 the vast majority of of Republican voters in Saunders County in the second congressional district that didn't help his cause either. It is interesting um, that that you mentioned that it it feels like that that race is firing up with with ads and you're starting to see those because uh, it, it, when you go back to the first congressional district, I wouldn't say it like and maybe I'm just not watching or listening to the right things, but I'm not hearing a lot of that here with this race. And and I don't know if this is less of less interest to the national parties if it feels like it's more of a long shot for the Democrats than than Vargas w- winning against Bacon is exactly, but uh, that feel that you described is not here in the first district yet. Even yeah, though I, I, even though there is more discussion about it because you've you've got these debates now that are happening. Well, and and I what well, I can say one thing about that race in that that I do think nationally and I'm not quite sure what may have changed maybe maybe there's polling that I'm not aware of there probably is but out of the special election you know the argument was well here's a here's a here's a race where Republicans you know uh, usually win by 20 points and and the Republicans only won it by you know six or eight mm-hmm. uh, so so but uh, that's still you know in, in most places in the country if you win by six or eight, you know, you've, you've won a pretty decisive victory anymore, right? right. So, uh, so I think that initially the look was, hey, hey, look at the look at Nebraska's first congressional district. Uh, now it does show some moment. It did show some of the post Supreme Court ruling on Roe v. Wade momentum for Democrats, but given the lopsidedness of that district to begin with, I think that may be the problem, and that may be why 
to my knowledge, the Democrats aren't on the ground in in Lincoln and that area as they are in Omaha for Vargas. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, because it does not. And maybe that feeling's coming, but it's it's not quite here. Uh, it's not quite here yet. You know, as a as a complete aside, so I'm watching I'm watching football on on Saturday. Nebraska had a bye week, so I got to you know uh, not have an emotional roller coaster of a day and just watch some other games. And I I was watching you know some Big Ten games uh, like uh, um, Michigan State uh, was playing Minnesota. I'm watching that game, and I noticed in the Michigan State game, and I think one other Big Ten game that I was watching that was on ABC or ESPN. There were Michigan. There were multiple Michigan political ads. There was a Gretchen Whitmer ad in that game. There was, and, and I understand they figure a lot of people from Michigan are watching that game, but I didn't think it was fascinating. I mean, you talk about some some big money campaigns when you start seeing Michigan ads in a national broadcast of a Big Ten game. That's when you know you've really got the money pouring in. That is interesting. And, you know, Michigan is a really interesting state. A lot of people think of Michigan, and you just think of Detroit, and therefore you think of labor unions and Democrats. But that that entire state is really – they've got a a variety of of strong Republican areas, strong Democratic areas, and uh, it's – you know, and and on that whole – question of you know anti-government fever that mm. that burns pretty that's always burned hard in michigan for for years uh and it's and, and some of that is burning hard there again so yeah michigan's a curious place but um uh but kind of just bringing that back home yeah i don't think we're going to see any national <laughs> national ads out of here but uh you never know anyway. i mean uh yeah you don't know uh, the nebraska indiana could get a big audience on saturday night on uh on bt i think it's on btn uh, you 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 never know, but yeah, you're. Probably I thought you were going to tell me you were watching him and we're bemoaning Taylor Martinez doing so well. Yeah, yeah Adrian <laughs> Martinez for Kansas State. Yeah, Adrian Martinez. Yes, Adrian yeah, Martinez. I was. I know. I I had a whole day planned of no emotional <laughs> instability throughout the entire day, and I did well for ninety percent of it, and then it got to the end of that game, and and then I had some very mixed, glitched emotions going on during the course of of that game uh all right hey good to talk to you joe we'll uh we'll be keeping up as we draw draw closer to the midterms uh the elections here in nebraska a lot of news i'm sure in the coupling weeks couple weeks and then we'll be on to my goodness we'll be on to uh getting ready for the legislative session after that not too long after that so there you go hey uh good to talk to you joe we will uh we will do it again next week have a good one thanks jack take care there you go joe jordan news channel nebraska 46 degrees crisp out there in the capital city at 724 caleb's got a look at sports coming up next on klin get today's top news and sports directly to your inbox sign up for the daily at klin.com save big money on your outdoor project now at menards we have everything you need to keep your outdoor power equipment running smooth so you can keep that lawn in tip-top shape or enjoy some time on your boat. Right now, all FVP, lawn and garden, and marine batteries are on sale through May 5th. Check out our entire selection of FVP batteries today and view our weekly flyer on Menards.com for more great deals. All right, and without any further ado, let's get it started with number five. A NASA spacecraft called DART. Rammed into an asteroid last evening, uh, doing about 14,000 miles an hour when it hit, uh, 7 million miles away from Earth uh, to a harmless asteroid, if you will. But what they're trying to find out is if they can alter 
the path of that uh, asteroid. Scientists expected the impact to carve out a crater, hurl streams of rocks and dirt into space, and then uh, alter the orbit. But it could take a couple of months before they know whether it actually has changed the orbit. Yeah, so... the. the it, it it's going to it's going to be a while, like you said, at that point until they find out if this actually did it. Um, but so this is interesting. So there was a brief sized satellite from the Italian space agency uh, rode with Dart in into space. Now it detached from the spacecraft on September 11th, and it was traveling behind to record what was happening from. Um, a, a, a safe perspective. Um, so, so that was that was really good. Now, so there's a kind of a dash cam. Yeah, and so because Caleb was asking, why wasn't there a, a separate, like a third party cameraman, camera woman on this thing? Instead, you only had like the onboard thing, and your last image Send was another right, rocket. right before it. But so three minutes after the impact, um, this uh, this thing was was uh, was to fly by. Demorphos to capture images and videos of the impact plume and and maybe kind of see what the crater looks like. So you may actually have some images from that in okay. in the next day or two, but it's going to be the it's gonna take more time than that to actually figure out what kind of an impact that they made on the trajectory right. of the the asteroid itself. Um, but I'll, I'll tell you what, it was really fun to watch that thing. I do wish, like Caleb, I could have seen what the what the actually impact <laughs> looked like. That would have been sweet. Like it was like you got up to the the climax of this movie and then nothing, then nothing after out. that. You got this like super detailed view of the asteroid, rock formations, and and in like very good definition. And then nothing after that. You can tell. That was when when the whole thing crashed. But the other part of it was just seeing the j- just the joy of that whole moment for all these people that do this for a living and are yeah. really passionate about this stuff. Like I thought it was cool, but it was it was fun to watch how like how big a deal that they felt like that was. That was, I mean, as we're into football season, like. That that's a bowl win. That that's a that's a Super Bowl. They, that's a championship. This has been a seven year project. There yeah. are about a thousand people who have been on that that project. The uh, the amount of math that goes into that to one everything that goes into just getting the rocket off the ground here, and then to exactly make that trajectory seven years hence. Yeah, with a moving object, like right. you're not just firing this into the sun. Right. Which, yes, still moving, so not really going to You got to lead it a little bit. <laughs> you got to lead it, yeah. <laughs> Listen, I played literally the Asteroids video game, so I know how this works. It, that's what it is. You don't shoot straight where it is now. You got to lead it a little bit. Space Invaders, same thing. Now do that to, to get to that same degree of difficulty while you're playing Space Invaders. You are moving constantly at the same time. Right. Also, you're blindfolded. Right. Now, I mean, if if we get news in a couple months, guys, or a few weeks, or whenever it is, that this thing has now had its course significantly changed, are, are we pretty much off the hook in terms of stresses and fears about asteroids crashing into Earth and, and wiping out tons of 
tons of people, uh, big chunks of the earth. Not is, that it, off, is that off the table now? Not if it takes seven years to to dial this up. Yeah, well, they're going to be ready now. They had to they, they had to plan this thing. Are I, we worried about the new trajectory though? Like no, the the new trajectory. Like you knocked it because tw- this was just they found one. Yeah, it was harmless. No. They, it pushed it further out. I mean, they were. They were. We hope. <laughs> they said it was not going to change it. Culture. You don't know what kind of vengeance lies within. Who that knows? Guy. They're trying. They don't know. Well, that's that's, true, that's a good question. It's true. That, that that's a question. Um, and they're also they'll get the James Webb telescope on this, looking at at this sort of thing, and and trying to figure out what this whole thing is like. Anyway, it was it was cool. Could another uh, one come though? Yes. I mean, this was a very small as asteroids Whatever. go. Very we're sending small. the dart. Oh, we're sending the dart up. Same thing. Knock it out of there. Boom! Every time. All Earth right. is safe. Earth is now safe. Uh, they couldn't have put the movie out uh, Armageddon out right now because it would have been outdated. Everybody would have been like, <laughs> everybody been like, why would they would just shoot the we, dart? So it's not even a problem anymore. It's can, like it's like polio or something. So our engineers well, can shoot back. a dart and seven years later hit an asteroid uh, a little bit bigger than a school bus. So how come we have such a tough time getting the football through the goalpost? <laughs> Not enough science. We need the dart, the new dart football. It'd be good. All right, moving on. Number four. The mining company that wants to extract an assortment of rare elements from underground southeast Nebraska announced a deal that would give it up to $285 million to help cover the roughly $1.1 billion cost of building the mine. What? What? Yep. Acquisition of a special purchase acquisition <laughs> company, GX uh, Acquisition by Niocorp, uh, which is based uh, in Colorado. They signed letters of intent to borrow up to another $81 million <laughs> from Yorkville Advisors. And uh, so this... What thing- is in here, Mark? What, yep. I know this is down by Elk Creek. So we're talking well, like right. an hour, hour or so south of Omaha. Yeah, they, they say that there's quite a few rare earth minerals in that area. Interesting. Interesting. Wow. Well, let's uh yeah, let let's let's find out. That's a lot of money. That is a lot of, of money. And they're going to say it, it'll create over 400 jobs if they actually build this thing the AP said in in their story. But you know, it's it's whether it still seems to be a lot of question as it would happen. But uh, according to the AP U.S. imports all the niobium and scandium and most of the titanium and and rare earths that that they're wanting to produce with this. There's actually only one American mine that produces these. They call them rare earths, and it's in California. Um, but this deposit apparently is second, like it's the best best place to get these in anywhere other than that like mountain pass mine that's in California. It's right here in our backyard. Dig it up. So let's jack that price up. What's that going to do to property taxes? <laughs> Should make them go down. Oh, that'd be good. Yeah. That would be good. $1.1 billion mine. Good looking at billion. Well, Number three. As Caleb reported a little earlier, uh, football released a new depth chart. And uh, while these releases are often short on news, did see some changes from two weeks ago particularly on the offensive line and in the back end of the defense. Caleb, anything surprise you? Well, you're right on that, Mark, that normally we open up the depth chart and we go, well, guess we'll wait till Saturday to see what's actually going on because Travis... This, this Travis, isn't even this year's roster. <laughs> right, well, tra- <laughs> Travis Vokalek missed a couple of games and 
Every week he was still listed as the number one tight end. So he why took- is why is Turner Gill still listed at quarterback? <laughs> is that Taylor Martinez? <laughs> Um, so, yeah, on the offensive line, obviously we knew that Teddy Prohaska was going to be out for the rest of the season. So that opened up a spot on the offensive line. Right now, that moves Turner Corcoran to left tackle. Ethan Piper is now starting at left guard. So the left side of your line is now different than it was even in the last football game. I mean, there's a part of me that says... How could it get worse from what you saw last? But I've learned in my life that don't don't tempt right. the gods by saying how can it get worse. Um, no longer listed, by the way, at who was the backup left tackle, Kevin Williams Jr. He's and not he listed was, on here at all. And he's he been played a decent, he played a little though. He was splitting a, a lot ago. of time with Ethan Piper. So yeah. we'll we'll see the uh, the homegrown kid. Uh, if Piper, how he does there. Rest of the offensive line, Trent Hickson at center, Brock Bando right guard, Bryce Benhart still at right tackle. In the uh, On the defensive side, none of the starters are different, but you've had some guys move around um, as I try to go through it and find where they are again. Chris Kalarevic is now moved from nickel, or he's moved to nickel. And then you've also got Omar Brown has moved positions as well. All right. You, you, or wait, Omar Brown has moved to nickel. Kalarevic has moved to linebacker. That was okay. the change. Yeah, because yeah. he was playing nickel before. Yeah. And, and yeah. You know, it is interesting. These two areas, whether you're talking about the, the offensive line or, the, um, or, or that back end of the defense, or the defense as a whole, I'm not trying to make any comment about this other than that it's just interesting. Like, the amount of Nebraska kids that they're relying on right now in both of these areas that you mentioned is really significant. I, like, yeah. you look at the starting defense, the starting eleven on defense. I think five or six of them are native Nebraskans. Came from came from Nebraska high schools. I wonder if that maybe that's maybe that's happened more than I realize. It seems like a, a pretty big number. Then you go across that offensive line and Piper Hickson Bando. Um, I might be forgetting one more. Uh, in that, I know Ben Hart's from Minnesota, mm-hmm. uh, and Corcoran's from out of state, but it's a lot. I mean, it's a lot of Nebraska kids. Defensive side of the ball, and I know some of the eligibility is thrown off on what year they are because of the COVID year. How many seniors are starting on on, on defense? On defense. Oh, that's interesting. Well, maybe some of the like is O'Shawn Mathis technically a senior? Nope. Okay. He's technically a junior. I mean, I know Nelson and Henrich and those guys aren't seniors. Correct. Reimer, those guys aren't seniors. Correct. Uh, Farmer, is Farmer a senior? Nope. Is it zero? There's one. Caleb Tanner. Oh, Caleb Tanner. Caleb Tanner. Hey, all right. Okay, maybe that's a bit of good news. A bit of good news is that, you know, you uh, still have time for a lot of these guys who, to to develop they're still youngish even though it does feel like guys like Reimer and and Nelson have been here a long like the, have been here a long time those and guys Farmer. those guys would be seniors right the COVID year changed everything but they still have a year of eligibility if they want to use it next year Jeez, it's crazy <laughs> it's crazy oh, I mean it just goes you, last week you see Adrian Martinez and Tanner Morgan having big big weeks as quarterbacks in college football they played each other in 2018, in Scott Frost's first year, those two quarterbacks did. They played each other five years ago. Yeah. 
They have significantly aged five years ago, and they were still playing. That is a lot of snaps both of those two quarterbacks have taken. Number two, Amazon going to hold a second Prime Day-like shopping event next month, 11th and 12th. Uh, latest major retailer to offer holiday deals earlier. They say uh, this is uh, trying to acknowledge, you know, inflation, cash-strapped shoppers, and oh, whatever. It's, uh, it's a way to make money, but the, it sounds six, nice. But six weeks ahead of Black Friday. That's the genius of this one. Is everybody's got their Black Friday sale online, and 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 I bet this is particularly aimed at competing against the WalMarts of the world in particular. I would say Walmart, Target, yeah, yeah. Com- competing the, against those of the world. But shoot, if you're looking at buying an Apple Watch or uh, you know some kind of a high price Christmas gift, and you already know where it is, and you feel like you're getting the lowest price on it right there and then, well, a lot of people will pull the trigger sure. in October instead of waiting and seeing. On Black Friday, it actually yeah. makes more sense to do it, do it then than it does in in July to do something. Well, like and that, it so. also gives them a big boost for their fourth quarter sales. Yeah, their right. Yeah, financials. No yeah. doubt. No doubt. About Which days in October is this? Eleventh and twelfth, I believe. It That's is. just like two weeks away. Oh. Yeah, it is the eleventh and twelfth. Not not far away. And and the That's, other thing that, it does. As a matter of fact, the eleventh is exactly two weeks away. Okay. And the other thing they do is they put the deepest discounts. It feels like on these things on their own products, and you start. You get those in people's hands already, and then you comes comes to the holidays, and uh, well, there's more yeah. you know accessories or additional ones that you need, or you get your Kindle, and then you need to get the subscription to the book thing, and all you, of you've all gotten of those the holiday things. cash um, budgets off the table early. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm sure uh, I'm sure there'll be a lot of people who are looking at that and seeing if they can find some good deals. Number one. And Costco's chief financial officer says the wholesaler will keep its famous hot dog and soda combo at a buck fifty. Says now they're doing it forever. For okay, I'll believe it when I see it. I guess I'll never see it because it'll just be if I die and it's still a dollar fifty. But. You'll be on your deathbed. I still don't believe you. I remember. Do you remember? Okay, I'm going to take you back. Mark, you might remember this. You remember when in the in the early two, very early 2000s, like 2000, 2001 era, they had those companies. The company called like Net Zero, and they would they would it was free internet. You basically got a CD, right? And it was free internet. And their big tagline was free internet for life. Yeah. Well, I'm still alive. Yeah. Net Zero. Where where'd that go? For a while, I know they didn't ever say this, but for a while, I thought that the frozen chocolate malts at Devaney Center, they stayed the same price from 1986 to like 2010, $1 that entire time. Finally, inflation started to hit those. They're no longer $1. I just just don't think they're going to be able to keep it up. I don't think they'll be able to keep that $150 up. You ever got one of those giant cups of ice cream there? No, this giant, like, like, like a solo cup full of ice cream, like a large solo cup full of ice cream, wow. and and it's all also oddly cheap as well. So we'll see if they make it. Yeah, they said there'll always be other parts of business to keep the hot dogs priced in the same place it's been since 1985. So you're just gonna pay an extra four bucks for that for that drum of mayonnaise that you bought there for the five gallon bucket of uh, ranch dressing. Right. 
Okay, real, real quick, I got to go, but the trick I always play at Costco when I go with my daughter, you know, they have like those, they have those huge full frozen lambs in the freezer. Have you ever noticed that? No. Like they have a, like lambs that are like wrapped in burlap or something. And I'm with my daughter. I always act like I'm taking one of those out to buy it. And she always freaks out. It's my little thing. <laughs> <laughs> Selling K today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Save big money now on new siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre finished engineered siding. It's durable and includes a Sherwin Williams factory finish paint warranty that means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP Smart Side today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at Menards. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's learning environments are designed for supportive networking and collaboration. With over 330 academic programs, GCU provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. But first, your fantasy Huskers keyword for a chance at a $100 prize pack from Valentino's at Alumni Hall. You know, I'm glad we brought Mariah back because I would have forgot that one had Mariah not piped up. Well, and we weren't the only ones dancing in the studio that time. (laughs) (laughs) We uh, have another Fantasy Oscars keyword for you. Uh, We uh, we do a fantasy draft every week uh, about the the upcoming game or weekend in college football. We're back to Nebraska this week after the bye week, so we're asking you something about the Nebraska-Indiana game. We want to know when you think the first points will be scored in the game by Either team, so your pick this week will be a quarter and the time remaining in said quarter. But before we get ahead of ourselves, you've got to acquire yourself a pick first. If you want to do that, now's the time to text in the keyword of the Rick Stein Recognition text line for pick number four this week. The keyword for pick number four is... Backfield. Backfield, B-A-C-K-F-I-E-L-D, backfield. And we're going to pick one of the people who text in right now to be our picker. For pick number four, if you don't get it, well, don't worry. Try again. Two times tomorrow, two times Thursday, two times Friday, and two times every week. Always at 6.30 and 8.10. Be listening. And if you do get a pick and you make the best pick, you get the prize pack. $50 to Valentino's, $50 to Alumni Hall. A nice little prize pack from our partners here on Fantasy Huskers. With that, we say hello to the man who was dancing a little to Mariah. I don't know if you wanted, Caleb, to uh, release that information, but it's out in the ether now. I, I so. thought you guys had just uh, used my mixed for my my intro music <laughs> your mixtape yeah that's uh yeah we we personally got it it's all it's all of our bumps right now is nice. jason's mixtape from 1996 is is what that is <laughs> Uh, so can, can you, get, I know, I know you've got some, some information. I don't know how much detail that you can, you can give us, but, um, can, can you give us a bit of an update, you know, and, and, and you're, you're several months now in, into your tenure here. There's just so much talk about, uh, the economy, the national economy, the local economy, the importance of economic development and all of those things. Can you give us some kind of, some more kind of concrete idea of what's happening right now in that area? 
uh, in Lincoln, Nebraska. Here we are as we wrap up 2022. Yeah, no, I, I'm happy to give an update on that. And, I'm, and I'll tell everybody I'm breaking the first cardinal rule of economic development, which is you just don't talk about it. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm not able to talk about specific companies for obvious reasons, but um, did think it'd be, it'd be fun to share just some numbers and some broad overview. We at, at the chamber, we actually spend probably 60 to 70 percent of our program time uh, working with companies that are actually already here and are just having growth events. And so if you saw in the, the paper, I believe today it, it, it ran, Penlink had announced that they're having a growth event. So they're going to be adding another 30 jobs to a, a hundred person company, already a large uh, company here, but that's a great entrepreneurship and startup story in Lincoln too. And so it's those local companies that are growing year after year. That's where our, our greatest growth comes from. Um, we each year we visit between 60 to 100 local companies to sit down, talk with them. What are the challenges you're having? Are you having mm-hmm. a growth event? You know, and out of those visits, we'll have somewhere between 20 to 30 uh, follow-ups. And that's just connecting them with the resource. Maybe it takes a couple of phone calls, a couple emails, no big deal. Sure. But also, I think most importantly out of those, we'll have about five growth events come out of those visits. And, and we've got five projects right now that are under active management that are local companies growing and trying to get bigger. Hmm. So we're, we're excited about that on the recruitment side. Um, we've got 60 projects under management right now, and about 25 of those, uh, just under half of them, are what we consider to be you know, really actively hot. Um, some of them, they just, they just take a while. Mm-hmm. And so we're seeing a lot of activity, I think, in, in industries uh, that, that you know, people are, are going to be interested to, to have happening here. Um, we're, we're back to pre-pandemic levels. Um, we're seeing manufacturing inquiries go up. So we've got actually more manufacturing looking at, uh, plunking down in Lincoln. Uh, logistics is huge right now. Uh, yeah. no matter where it comes from, uh, cold storage has been a big, uh, industry, dry, uh, dry and secure storage. Um, obviously we need to put those by interstates and highway assets, but those, right. those are our nice growth opportunities. Software and IT continues to be huge. Um, and, and data centers is still a very hot, um, area for inquiries for us. So there's, there's a lot going on right now and we're just, we're really proud of the projects we're working with. When you're, when you're working on these growth projects, are you, is it, is it that, uh, the, a lot of the growth is, fo- growth is focused on, uh, certain industries? Is that kind of wh- where you're seeing it? Is there, or is there yeah. something else that's sort of, you, you know, unique about these, these businesses that you are working with that are, are ready to do this even, even across the industries. It, it ebbs and flows. And a lot of it just has to do with what's going on in the broader macro economy. I'll give you another example. We've had a few inquiries come through the state, uh, related to, um, uh, uh, semiconductor manufacturing. And that's very much in relation to the Federal CHIPS Act that was passed mm. here a few months ago. Um, and, and a broader trend of companies wanting to reshore, uh, semiconductor chip manufacturing. And so we're, we're seeing that. And so that, that'll happen for a while. I think that'll also be a trend that maybe two, three, five years down the road, um, we'll see fewer inquiries like that. And mm-hmm. there will be other industries that will pop up. When you see growth kind of focusing in, in, in some of these industries that are quote unquote hot, right now does 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 growth in that industry by one one company does it sort of beget growth by by other companies maybe in that same industry or i I, i'm just curious what what sort of the impacts are of when we're seeing you know what we are with with some of the companies that you've worked with and the ones that we know you know and i know some people talk about like company cam for instance or or some Mm -hmm. of these other ones that are industries that maybe weren't necessarily 
they weren't necessarily hubs of here in Lincoln, and it feels like they're growing significantly. Absolutely. Is it contagious? Yeah. Uh, I don't in know the, if I the, would. Within, but with, with, <laughs> within, within an industry, I mean. Yeah. I, I don't know if I would want to characterize it as a contagion, but but yeah, it's it, it's <laughs> Still too soon. Okay. Right. It's, it's, yeah. <laughs> um, it's, it's the best kind of uh, uh, pandemic, right? It's, it's a pandemic of economic growth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's no doubt that uh, companies, one, when they move or when they grow and expand, if they're already here, um, that expands their needs for supply chain uh, networks and then downstream uh, transportation, logistics, and other other partnerships. Right. So that creates business opportunities. Companies like Company Cam, great example of, you know, they're touching other industries besides just tech and software. And so that can end up developing uh, a, a cluster. Uh, Basic Block in the trucking industry, again, another another high growth right. company here having uh, opportunity not only in Lincoln, but they've they've now expanded into to other regions and that's that's trucking related and so that just grows that cluster as well yeah I just I, I, I this the symbiotic relationship uh, between you know and, and not necessarily competing companies but ones that are at least part of the same uh, different different legs of the same industry mm-hmm. to some degree is is kind of a fascinating thing to me with that whole thing and and it also it also is interesting you talk about the growth in the logistics industry just uh, uh, especially because there's been so much talk about supply chain, yeah. right? About yeah. supply chain n- nationwide mm-hmm. with this whole thing. So it's interesting to hear you say that that is one area that's kind of ripe and, and successful for growth right now in the capital city. You know, it's amazing coming out of the pandemic, uh, uh, companies switched from what they called just-in-time delivery to just-in-case delivery, which basically means they wanted to have a whole bunch of supply sitting on the shelf uh, in case they had a, another large disruption. Yeah. And, and that's why, you know, so when it takes us, you know, an extra month to order uh, supplies for a house that's being built right now. We're still playing post-pandemic catch-up from yeah. supply chain, uh, from from that just wave of unexpected uh, use from from all those supplies, and the manufacturers couldn't keep up. We'll get out of that over time. The the free hand of the market is fixing that right now, and things are better than it was a year ago. Um, but it's it's been a major disruption shifting to that. Yeah, and it is still fascinating too with with some of these things that were impacted by the pandemic that are here to stay though. For you know. You know, we talk, I mean, this is not necessarily one that's related to economic growth, but for instance, like the use of, of Zoom for communications, we had mm. never we had never done in radio. That wasn't really something that we use. We had to occasionally use Skype for some things. But now that's a you know, that's a regular thing that we use in terms of not necessarily remote working, but doing interviews and having better, you know, and, and that sort of things. I still see whether you're talking about restaurants or retail or grocery stores or anywhere, they're the, the whole, you know, pickup and online delivery and mm-hmm. online orders. And that is still robust in a way that I think is here to stay. Um, even in a way that wasn't prior to the pandemic as well. And I assume you, you kind of see that those are the simple, those are sort of the ground level ones that I see in my life. But I've got to imagine that's probably the case across industries as well, too. Uh, that's absolutely right, and it's gonna it's gonna be a long term uh, trend, if not a permanent mark on our our culture and the way we do economic development work. Um, case in point, there are many jobs, um, accounting, sometimes uh, legal services, other business services, where you can do that. Uh, uh, certainly, software design certainly do that from your desk, working with teams remotely. And so, Lincoln's in a situation now where we're in 
open labor competition nationally for yeah. people that are physically here, but also people that are physically not here. Um, and that's going to have a lasting mark on what it means to do economic development in communities like Lincoln, where we still want to grow. We want to recruit new residents here. We want people to live here. Um, I think it's great if someone lives here and is, is working elsewhere, but we got a lot of opportunity for companies that are physically located in Lincoln. And we know the economic impact and benefit to the community is so much larger if we have a physical presence here mm-hmm. too. Um, so that's, I think that is still being worked out. I, I don't hear other communities. There's been a lot of communities that have tried a lot of new things here in the past two years because of all this. Um, no one has this figured out. And anyone that tells you what they, they think the world's going to look like two years from now is is either lying to you or just making stuff right. up. I don't think anyone has this figured out yet. You know, it was interesting on, on that same topic. Of course, you, you want the physical presence. But I had I did to, I did Todd Ogden from Downtown Lincoln Association on my podcast a couple of weeks ago. And mm-hmm. I'm still sort of interested in the boom of the downtown residential living, which was like not yeah. something... That wasn't even a th- like a thing very much. I didn't know anybody who did that when I was growing up here, for the most part. And and it's just a fascinating trend, whether it's here or whether it's nationally. And and he did talk about the fact that you do have a lot of people who were, uh, you know, who who do that. But yeah, they're working remotely for other places, and that's kind of a that area is particular for whatever reason. It's maybe people who have had a, more of a background in an urban area or something like that. Mm-hmm. But th- that's been that's been one of the demographics that's driven that lately i think even more so than before so and that's, yeah you come here and you want to you want to let you're like hey i could live here and still have this job yeah. right that is headquartered in chicago or headquartered in dallas or, or minneapolis or something like that um which again i get your perspective where 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 you know you want these places here but that is it's, it's just a fina- fascinating phenomenon i guess yeah, it, yeah. It, look if we can't have the business here at least we have, have the, the, the individual yeah. and the people and and so that's why investments in uh, uh community culture and and other amenities are so important that's why uh, the pinnacle bank arena was such an important step forward mm-hmm. and things that we're trying to do with say the conference center or other lifestyle amenities um that's what keeps people in communities when you're when, when you're in some of these recruiting you mentioned uh, active recruiting right now uh, just more generally kind of about that process can you use the existing companies that are in lincoln and have had success and and growth as as kind of an advocate as kind of something to to, to help the case that you're making during that time. And, and, and I'm just curious how you do, do companies want to do that? What's, what yeah. is that like exactly? You know, we, we often will, but it's a, a delicate dance. Like I, I would love to, to just bring companies here and put them in front of our, our business community right. leadership and, and just say, Hey, you know, tell, tell them, them what's it like. Cause you speak the same language. Yeah. Yeah. And, and often companies as part of their process are going to want to do that, but it comes at the end. Not at the, not at the beginning. They don't, they don't want that kind of visibility. Um, they, they're very close to the vest in terms of what they're thinking about doing. They don't want stakeholders gotcha. or competitors to know that they're making, uh, looking at making an investment in Lincoln or sure. anywhere else for that sure. matter. And so it's usually when we get down the road. And it's between, say, us and one or two other communities. And they're really trying to figure out, um, you know, where can we have the greatest expectation of success? Where are we going to have the most robust help? And that is when they're going to want to sit down with select 
confidential business leaders and just say, you know, let's get Jason out of the room. We know mm-hmm. he's a chamber guy. He's going right. to tell us everything is fabulous. Right. Give me the real story. Can, yeah. Tell me, tell me what your challenges uh, are. Uh, back to that more general that recruiting though that recruiting discussion. What are sort of the genres of conversation that happens or the genres of questions uh, that that you've got from companies that you're you're recruiting here? I assume you know uh, you know the economy, quality of life, uh, probably tax situation, and that. Like are the, I, those are probably three big ones, but is, is that encompass most of it, or are there other sort of big things that you've all are always ready to talk about when when you're in a recruiting situation? Absolutely, I'll just note: twenty years ago, the first people that you were going to talk to were their real estate folks and uh, people that were looking at their logistics systems. Now, the first person you're going to hear from is their HR department, mm-hmm. and they're going to they're going to want to know how many people work already in that particular industry or have similar similar skill sets in other industries that are available in your community. That's number one question. Number two is they're going to say, "What kind of customized training uh, support can I have? And that's where we have just a wonderful story to tell here with uh, uh, LPS, Southeast Community College, UNL, all the post-secondary systems. Um, Basically creating career, a farm system, right? Career academy, yeah. yeah. How can we how can we groom and, and, and specifically train folks into the types of jobs that we're looking at creating in a community? Well, that, that's interesting because obviously SEC has been around a long time. And they've been doing their thing and, and has been great for that. But the other things that you kind of mentioned are still relatively new kind of kind of in in the community especially those high school type programs that go to that kind of stuff so you're still kind of on the front end of being able to sell that i suppose about lincoln absolutely i yeah. and i want to give great credit to what lps the career academy and, and southeast community college in particular are doing they're very focused on career path advancement opportunities chamber's been a proud partner of all of them for years and years and years we're going to continue to be um it's good for the economy it's good for the students uh, because it allows them to start thinking about how are they going to get out and earn money post uh, their career education? And mm-hmm. um, it's it's just really worked out well. So as as much as that four year degree uh, system is just a powerhouse for this economy here, and I love having it, we need those other pathways too because that's where so much of the need is right now. Okay, so last question, and and uh, you you alluded to this before, but it's just it's a fascinating process. So often we hear. You know, there's a there's a company, there's a group, somebody thinking about coming, but we don't have a lot of detail. But that's that's about them not wanting to their, alert their competitors in large part. Is that is that a huge part of it? Why there's so much secrecy that shrouds this stuff? There, there's many reasons. Yeah. That's that's a big big part of it. Um, but but again, I just I'll remind people when we're close to the vest about this stuff. Do we want that company here or not? Because if we talk about it more widely, we run the risk of losing that economic growth opportunity right. instead of being able to capture it. Bring it here. Right. All right. Interesting uh, kind of look inside growth inside of recruitment and kind of where Lincoln is right now from Jason Ball, Lincoln Chamber of Commerce. Hey, appreciate your time, Jason. Appreciate the conversation. And we'll uh, we'll do it again here in a couple weeks. All right. Thanks for the Mariah Carey plan. There you go. There you go. You can hear it every day at 635 and 810. <laughs> Set an alarm. All right. It's 826. Let's take a break. Caleb's got sports next on KLIN. Want today's top news stories? Top Husker stories? You can get them sent straight to your inbox every afternoon. Just sign up for the daily for free at KLIN.com. Save big money at Menards. Let the fresh air in and keep the bugs out with replacement screen for your doors and windows from AdForce. It's easy to install, durable against the elements, and comes in a variety of types to suit your needs. Repair your screens today with a roll of replacement screen. 
on sale through May 5th. And check out more great deals happening now in our weekly flyer on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. Waking babies in the North Bottoms have been helping them ace the ACT since the 90s. It's the voice of Nebraska Volleyball, John Baylor. Hey! John Baylor's not on the phone yet. Uh, he w- <laughs> he will be shortly. I've been texting with him. He's gonna be, said he was going to be a little late today. He's a very busy man. He's a very, it's, you know, volleyball play-by-play is not his only job. You may, you may be aware of that. He's got other things uh, going on. But he is going to join us today. It just might be a little bit later. But Caleb has been uh, telling us a little bit uh, here about volleyball and the sports casts, including... Uh, kind of what the what the shakeups have been in the ranking. Nebraska holding Pat there at third. Yeah, uh, still at one in a just a boatload of Big Ten teams. The, that's the most incredible thing. And, and listen, it's no shock that that the Big Ten has a bunch of teams ranked, but the way that they are all bunched this year, Caleb, and we'll we'll talk to to John about this. But the way they're all bunched this year, it, it even seems. Uh, I, I I I mean, you now have the point where. Uh, you know, a lot of people think Nebraska uh, might be the best team, have the best shot, but you've legitimately got Nebraska, Purdue, Ohio State, Minnesota, Wisconsin, and Penn State, six teams that are bunched in the rankings between number three and number 12. Yeah. It, it, I mean, half the top 12 is six teams <laughs> in the Big Ten. And, and, and normally what you've got is maybe Nebraska, Wisconsin, Minnesota, or, or a Penn State up there. That's way on this upper echelon. Mm-hmm. And then you've got other teams that are throughout the top 25. But to have this many of the, I mean, conference season is going to be insane. It, oh, it's, for sure. It's just going to be insane. And, and, and and really half the teams that you're you're going to have on your schedule. I'm trying to see is there anybody else. Well, look at teams Nebraska's already played. Kentucky at 18, Pepperdine 20, Creighton 21. Yeah, like you you've already got those games out of the way, and those teams are still in the top 25. Yeah, and and, and then throw in you've also got Michigan who is just on the verge of getting themselves in to the top 25 as well. So. Yeah, it is. I, I mean, I mean, Big Ten is always is, is always obviously a really powerful conference in volleyball. It's just it's just incredible this year how they're so bunched and jumbled at at the very top this year, and how many of them are as opposed to say maybe two or three of them clearly in the top five and and more throughout the rankings. And I'm sure John Baylor, who is joining us now, has noticed that as well uh, with the Big Ten in the rankings this year. Good morning, John. How are you doing today? Jack attack, fired up. I, I mean, I'm just, I'm just looking at these new AVCA rankings and just, just, uh, I mean, the Big Ten. I don't know what you make of, what you even make of who's standing on the Big Ten, and you're going to get a chance to see him play the games. But you've got Nebraska three, Purdue five, Ohio State six, and you saw Ohio State last weekend. Minnesota seven, Wisconsin eight, Penn State twelve. The conference has always been good. It's always had national championship contenders. But this seems like even even something different than we typically see with the conference, with so many teams so close in that top top ten to twelve range this year. You agree? And now Purdue and Ohio State have crashed the party, so it's a big six mm-hmm. in the Big Ten. And Penn State was not expected to hang around; they took a big hit, the loss at home in three to Michigan. So it's not clear whether they will stick around. And Purdue is the big surprise; they lost their three, four best players 
And here they are in the top five. I mean, it's just stunning what they're doing. But, uh, you know, we'll find out if, if they're for real. And Minnesota's been up and down. Uh, it, it's anybody's uh, conference this year, especially Wisconsin, with Wisconsin still you know, trying to figure out if they're going to go with one setter, two setters. I mean, we kind of know what that's like ourselves. Mm-hmm. So it's wide open. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then, and then Michigan, you said beating Penn State, they're knocking on the door of getting in the rankings and Nebraska sees them the weekend after this. We can get to that here in, in a little bit, but I want to go back to uh, the, this weekend, particularly the match against Ohio State. Uh, that was the one that I think a lot of people are talking about after the fact. I don't want to be a prisoner of the moment, but. Uh, John, that was about as exciting as good of a regular season match uh, I've seen uh, Nebraska volleyball have where you're hanging on everything like it's December that I've seen in a long time. What were your takeaways from that game? Um, I'm still recovering and trying to process, but it uh, was one of the longest matches I've ever uh, witnessed. I mean, it was about three hours long, just a grind, just back and forth. It, it, wasn't, it was pretty. I mean, neither team, I think, is even close to the potential, especially Nebraska and the coach says much afterwards. We're not even close to our potential, but on a night when clearly there were some struggles with the connections between the various setters and attackers. I mean, Whitney Lonstein again was held in check in part, uh, not of her own doing, but the, the sets were just tough for her to handle. They still found a way. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just something that's cultural. That's something that's just inherited. And that's just an expectation that's, Easy to talk about. It's much tougher to make happen. I mean, Ohio State, they're a refined product. I mean, they've been playing the same players for the most part for three straight years, and, and they're rolling, and they had a tougher non-conference. And sure, we had 8,200 fans, but, I mean, that was their match for the taking, and the Huskers found a way. Yeah, it was uh, it, it was something. And, you know, it's, it's still – you've seen it so many times – but it's still pretty incredible to me when it feels like momentum has gotten away from you. And I think about that Creighton match. Um, I think it was kind of the same thing in this Ohio State match that just the character of this team to to not, you know, when we are as, as fans are freaking out and, and we're saying, oh, man, this looks bad. This is going a bad way for them to to kind of turn it around and, and still be, be able to have sort of that confidence but not overreaction and we've seen it time and time again with it's it's one of the things that makes it most fun to watch them yeah. they, they just don't they do, do not panic and one thing that does not i think get enough mention is joy i i don't think i've seen a team play with such joy i mean i've seen other husker teams in the ballpark but wow and becca alec gets a kill and when Ani Evans makes a good set, I mean, they, yeah. when Manny Kubik gets a block, I mean, that's just elation you're seeing on their face. They just love what they do, and it's tough not to be great at something that you love. And they just truly adore playing together in this sport. It's really something special to behold. Yeah. Or when Lexi Rodriguez gets her first kill of the season and second career yeah. kill. Don't you get a guy? I must have missed that. <laughs> Need to do more of that, then. More of that. I mean, it's 3-3 three, three in the fifth. Yeah. I mean, just, but the, the, the facial expressions of Lexi after that and her teammates, it's just, the, you know, they really mean it the whole, you know, for each other, with each other, for each other. They really are rooting for each other. You can see them all rooting for, for Kennedy. Kenzie's putting her arm around Kenzie, uh, Kennedy and constantly helping her. And mm-hmm. it's just a really remarkable top to bottom. This group is all in. They're all together trying to help each other. It's, uh, it's, but if, if they don't have a, a fabulous chemistry, boy, they got me 
school. They yeah. just seem to be getting along great. No, you're you're exactly right. Um, I, I've I've noticed that same thing. And, and the other thing about that match specifically is like. Uh, uh, I mean, Matty Kubik's not getting un- underrated by anybody, rightfully so. But, you know, there's been so much focus for me. I've just, Lonstein's been such a revelation this year just because of how much she's come from last year to this year. It was, it was, it was nice to see Matty kind of be the one, be the senior leadership, be the one who was really, um, the key player for Nebraska offensively in that game. And then, you, you know, you kind of go and look at the stats and, you know, she's, she, she now, she leads the team in, in kills. Uh, she's got the best kills per set ratio. Uh, all of those, her percentages is, is right up there, um, near the top. And, and like, she's still there. It's hard, it's hard to imagine her getting overshadowed at that, this point, but, but to some degree, that's just kind of been the natural point of the thing is we've take, I've taken her a little bit for granted this whole thing. And we saw still how dangerous she is against Ohio State, especially that block at the end. Remember how much she has to do. I mean, she gets passed, excuse me, she gets served nearly every time she's back there. I mean, because no one's going to serve Lexi Rodriguez. So Maddie has to pass the ball. I mean, the vast majority of the times she's in the back row mm-hmm. and occasionally she's in the front row even. And so, and Maddie Kubik is, has to pass. She's got a block. She's got a cover. And then she's your foremost attacker. She's the one they look to in a scramble play when there's a struggle, as you always do with elite outside hitters. But she delivers. I mean, she finds a way. She tools the block like no one else. In other words, she's just kind of steadying under the radar. Yeah. We all appreciate, but for her to be a third-team All-American last year, I mean, that's just an example of how, in my opinion, that the broader volleyball world doesn't fully appreciate all the little things that Maddie has to do. Yeah, that's a good way. That that's really a good way of doing it. Hey, have you ever seen it, it, between Nebraska and and their opponents? And I don't know what the numbers are on this, but just the amount of service errors. And and and, and I'm curious what your perspective on that. And and like, what the heck is happening? How is this happening so frequently with both teams in so many matches? It, it's contagious. I've got a new strategy that coaches are welcome to steal. G I I. Get it in. <laughs> That's good. It's Virginia. I don't know why. I bet Cook hadn't even thought of that. My goodness. No, I, I try to share it. I mean, but the, what I would do is just go back to elementary school. All right. Get it in. Underhand it. Whatever. It's yep. Like, <laughs> get the ball in. And after timeouts, my goodness, the service errors even increase. I mean, I, that's impossible to say, but they do. I mean, I think there's more than a 50% likelihood the serve after a timeout is going out or the serve after a green card is going out. So, so you just, I think the crowd just starts to chant G I I G I. And it's, it's kind of nice. And everyone's together and the acronyms kind of sound, you know, professional, they kind of sound important. And so uh, it, maybe that'll help, but it, it is nutty. And with all these opponents serving the ball out, it's been huge. I mean, 20 service errors, for uh, Ohio State and no aces, and and and, and Stanford's jealous. St- like only twenty. <laughs> I know. Every time it looked, I know Nebraska lost that match, but I can't tell you how many points are like, oh man, Stanford's about to take this thing over, and then right away, boop, service error, flip it around. I mean, oh, just if crazy. If passing for Nebraska at home, I'm bringing a book with me in the back row. I'm trying <laughs> to get home. In the, there's not going to be a play. The ball's going in the net. It's wild. Yeah, and it's uh, and, and and I know uh, you know I, I know Alec has had some struggles, but it's still I mean it's 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 Rodriguez, it's Knuckles. I mean it's it's kind of across the board with a lot of a lot of them. 
I mean, it's somehow it's contagious across the net. But our our service error numbers are higher than normal, way higher than normal. But haven't caught up with the opponent. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. Michigan's their bronze medalist, and then Ohio State took the silver, and Stanford's got the gold for like <laughs> service errors running rampant through the program. I mean, it's just nutty. I had to come up with all sorts of different ways to describe a service error. I mean, how many times do you have to say, oh, boy, there's another one heading towards Gage County. Don't need a green spot for that, baby. Headed toward Gage County. That's not, yeah, I know. You're going to need some new, you're gonna need to work in some more service era catchphrases Basically, this year. They are under, they are overestimating gravity or underestimating. It's just, yeah. when, you, when you scale the ball into the first row, I mean, buddy, I mean, we're not below sea level here. Right. Right now, okay. Now, all that all that said, serving the way that they do in pressure situations with in some of these venues, people opposing fans, even your own fans, like three feet behind you, uh, that that's got to be one of the most stressful things in all of sport. I mean, that's like a, the the free throw with the crowd going nuts in a in a one point game. Um, you know. Kind of like the Oklahoma crowd of years ago, where they were literally like putting hexes on the Husker servers, like from beside them, behind them, nearly in front of them. But yeah. the Husker fans, like, well, the students are are behind, but they're awfully close. That's yeah. part of the magic. Everyone's almost playing. I mean, I'm, fans are you know basically you know bringing knee knee pads and eye black. I mean, but, they're right there. By the way, you I've know. decided after having seen some of these games on TV, I never want the front row seat behind the. Uh, uh, behind the service line for either side for a variety of reasons. I mean, you get very familiar on the TV broadcast with who those people are, their phone usage, what sort of snacks oh. they enjoy. It's not the most flattering shot for anyone. So I'm just going to rule out ever taking those seats. I'll go. I'll Don't, go back further. Do not touch your face. You. I mean, any moment. You know that the, 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 the entire state is watching you and your hairstyle. Yeah, it's a lot of pressure if you got one of those yeah. pricey. Yeah, we talk about pressure on the server. How about for the fans sitting behind the server? It's a great point. Can you imagine air gel you got to go through if you're in one of the first two rows? I'd be My thinking goodness. about it constantly. I wouldn't even enjoy the match. I'd be thinking so much. How's the HD? How am I looking? Is the is the cam, is the camera adding pounds? Those, those sorts of things. Up at uh, CBS on your way to the game, you might be late for the whole deal. You got to go uh, this weekend, Rutgers and Maryland both on the road. Trips to Piscataway and College Park, Maryland. These are not among the uh, the teams that are rated right now in the Big Ten. Uh, well, you never know. You never know. What, what kind of a challenge is Nebraska going to get here? Well, remember Maryland last year shocked Wisconsin early. That's right. That's right. So uh, you cannot take Maryland lightly. Also, Fair amount of dignitaries show up to that match. You know, all the Nebraskans and DC types—they want to catch on to the you know the Husker glitter dust, and they uh, they show up at that match. And that was kind of nice. So, I mean, you see elected officials, unelected officials. I mean, that are they're well known. It's quite a turnout of Husker fans there. And then the Rutgers, you're trying to like just get mammals to show up uh, to that one. But actually, come to think of it, there was this high school team from Jersey a year ago. Uh, and he drove like an hour to get there. And after the match, all the Rutgers players like approached them, and, they, and the team was like, "No, no, no! Actually, we're waiting for the Husker." Waited and waited, and they uh, and, and the Huskers had to like 
sign autographs with this high school team and take photos for a long time. It was really cute. I I, rem- I remember, maybe it was the COVID spring season. I can't remember for sure. It was a match at, at Rutgers, and I remember there were some uh, special uh, special house rules for things that the ball could bounce off at Rutgers or basketball hoops. We got, uh, do we still have like the mini golf course set up there in Piscataway? Yep, and this year I hear they've got a windmill. I mean, this it's uh, it's a Jim Valvano Terraflex floor. I got, you know I was just off the Valvano story because he went to Rutgers, and yeah, and then you know if if it goes into the third pocket, it's still live. Uh, however, if if the green light goes off, that means the play's over. There's a lot going on. You ever gone bowling on a late on a Friday night? Kind of like playing volleyball. <laughs> a lot of happy light shows, lasers. <laughs> we need a yeah. That's true. Turn the lights down. We, get the neon. Yeah, going. right. Turn the black lights on. The midnight bowling. They ought to do that at Rutgers. That might bring the fans in there. You never know. Anything <laughs> at this point. How are how are we doing? How is is uh, is is Rutgers still heavily uh, recruiting like uh, Eastern Europe and those sorts of things? Which I know makes it a challenge for those those longer, harder pronounced names for the play by play guy. I, I want to get paid by the syllable whenever we're we're playing uh, Rutgers. But yeah, you got multi-syllabic outside hitters, and it's easier to recruit there uh, in Eastern Europe because you say, "Look, we're only like 20 miles from the United Nations," uh, so it's 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 a it's a team typically full of foreigners. But you know, I think at some point this is a, a terrific education they're offering at Rutgers. They just don't have a lot of history of volleyball and. The sport is exploding all over the country. It's just a matter of time. There'll be enough athletes on the East Coast. Players are going to want to play in the Big Ten and hopefully not get, Man. you know, not lose. I mean, remember, one of Nebraska's great advantages is they don't have to play Nebraska. Yeah. One of Penn State's great advantages is they don't have to play Penn State. I mean, Rutgers doesn't have to play Rutgers. I mean, that's unfortunate. I mean, they'd like to. Anyway, my point is that it's rugged if you, uh, uh, it can be demoralizing. And they've lost good talent over the years because certain players, I remember there's a, or a setter that transferred to Creighton actually from Rutgers. And mm. it's just, you just don't want to lose so much. So it's, it's tough. I think once they just get a modicum of a success, there'll be enough talent. They can get, it, it'll, it'll just kind of feed itself, but they're just not there yet. So it's a little rugged. However, on any given night or afternoon. Yeah, okay. We know, John, we know. Oh yeah. I'm <laughs> Remember Maryland and Wisconsin last year? I just, I, uh, I, listen, I appreciate it. I, you know, I appreciate. I'm not worried. You, I, I'm sorry. I'm just. I'm not. I'm not. Hey, enjoy, enjoy Piscataway. Enjoy College Park. By the way, the games. It's Friday. Six o'clock is first serve. Sunday, then noon is first serve. None of these on regular TV unless you're one of those BTN Plus subscription people. But the good news is the radio is free, and you'll have John Baylor. John Baylor, I should say, uh, trying out all new. Uh, service yeah. error catchphrases all weekend. Exactly. And don't forget the huge sign at the Maryland gym. Fear the turtle. Yes. We will fear the turtle. Well, I'm not that fe- feared of the turtle, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll at least acknowledge it. Hey, JB, have a good call this weekend. Thanks for your time. We will check in next week. All right. Jack and Jack. Talk to you then. There you go. John Baylor, voice of Big Red Volleyball. Take 56. Take a break. Wrap up the show after this on KLIN. Sign up for the daily at KLIN.com to get today's top local and Husker news sent straight to your email. 
You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, tell us about our fantasy Oscars picks today, Caleb. Well, Brent says first quarter 9-12. John says first quarter 9-13. All right, we're, oh, we're really bunching up now. It's going to be some gamesmanship on this one, I think. All right, hey, tomorrow's What Chaps Your Eye Wednesday. John Bishop is going to join us, Lincoln Symphony Orchestra, and we're going to have a good old time on a Wednesday morning. We'll see you then, 9 o'clock, KLI in Lincoln.